The research that we've done on Greenland sharks in the Arctic, um, it's been really prompted by the fact that Greenland sharks are one of the special animals of our, our planet. When, when, when we think about animals and whatnot, usually those that are superlative representatives and whatnot of all animals get our, our attention. And the Greenland shark, for instance, grows to be over 20 feet long. Um, it has the ability in the Arctic to live in very cold water. Um, it basically enters into an association with a parasite. The parasite attaches to its eye and dangles off of its eye, more or less like an earring. Um, and we could go on and on and on as the ability to live in relatively deep water. So this is a species that has a lot of characteristics about itself that make it very unusual and prompt an awful lot of questions. And as a scientist, questions and good questions are exactly what I'm interested in. The Greenland shark not only occurs in the Arctic, but it occurs more southerly, typically in more southerly, deeper waters. Um, so if you're interested in studying Greenland sharks, like myself and Greg Skolmull and Nick Kalianis, my collaborators, um, you could go ahead and study them in, in easier places to access than the Arctic. But the Arctic poses some really interesting, oh, I'd say challenges to a species like the Greenland shark. It's dark for, say, a good half of the year. It's light 24 hours a day for another half of the year. For a good part of the year, the ocean's covered over by a thick layer of sea ice. And certainly these things challenge any species that lives in the Arctic. And so we're really interested to see, you know, how does the Greenland shark adapt to this really unique environment? Of course, climate change is something that's affecting the entire globe right now and, and uh, you know, in ways that we can't even imagine. Okay, and so when you're studying an, uh, certainly an organism that lives in the Arctic where we're seeing, okay, um, climate change in action with melting of sea ice, uh, more longer duration periods of ice-free times during the year and whatnot, you have to ask yourself a question, you know, these animals that live here are so highly adapted to this unique environment. As this environment starts to change, okay, do these, these animals have the ability to readapt, okay, or do different things, or do they even need to do something different? And so again, as, as the Arctic goes ahead and proceeds to change, as the, as the climate basically you know, gets warmer globally and whatnot, it's really interesting to look at, at any animal that's in the Arctic and basically see what it's gonna do. To me, as a scientist, the process of science is really important. And it's important, I feel, to humanity on a, on a global perspective. It, it's through the process of science that basically we're able to pose questions and answer questions about the world around us. And not just answer the questions, but answer them in an unbiased way, in a way that, that is unbiased as far as political bias, societal biases, and, and whatnot. And so really, to me, science represents kind of a, a hope for humanity. It levels the playing field. It allows us to basically gather the information that we need to meet various challenges. And certainly, as a global population continues to increase and as we basically impact the planet so that we're pressuring our resources, basically, we, we need science. We need science to, to allow us to understand what's going on so that basically we can alter our behavior possibly or do things better that will allow us to maybe stick around a little bit longer on the planet.